chapter 21, we're going to read verse, begin reading with verse number 28. Reads like this, but what think ye, a certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. He came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of them twain or which of the two did the will of his father, they say unto him the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. I, I want to preach to you. I, I wanted to preach this Sunday of not this, this week, but Sunday of last week, and we had to cancel because so many people were out sick. Uh, this is how I thought uh, to begin the, the new year, uh, the, the message that God wants us to begin the new year with. So this is my first service and by the way of the new year, so I guess it is the way that I'll begin the new year here. I just God's been dealing with me about this for a couple of weeks now in my heart as I've studied the scripture. And I want to title it A Good Place to Start. A good place to start. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And God, we are thankful for health and strength in our body. I'm thankful, Lord, uh, for peace in my heart. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, a mind that has understanding, that can discern the will of God and the truth of God. I ask you, Lord God, that you'll anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, our hearts to receive what the Spirit of God would say to us tonight. And I pray, oh God, that you'd look in this house, throughout this congregation, God, even through the prayer requests that were made mention, those that aren't able to be here tonight. And I pray, oh God, that you'll touch and meet every need through Christ by his riches and glory. We thank you in advance for it. We ask it together in Christ's name. We love him. Would you say amen? A good place to start. Good to, uh, Sister Nancy's got a friend with her good to have him in service with us tonight. It's so good to see Brother Nathan, Sister Deanna. I understand they were here Sunday and I wasn't, but good to see them on this Wednesday night. But in our text tonight, both sons in our story in the Lord's parable understood their father's will. The Bible said only one did the will of his father. We understand that one said that he would, but didn't. And the other said, I won't. But he repented of his rebellion and went out and did what his father asked him to do. And the Lord reminded me when I read this, he reminded me in prayer that this is why revival tarries in coming. This is why our loved ones are so long in being saved. This is why our nation 
is in such dire straits is because when many know the will of God, our answer to the Lord is, yes, Lord, we will. But for some reason, we don't. And then others say, no, I'm not interested. Not me. And God has to deal with them in a long season to allow them to come to a place of repentance so that finally they can do the will of God. I'm glad God's long-suffering. I am. I'm glad he is mindful of the fact that when we live in a state of disobedience or rebellion, that God's long-suffering with us. And he gives us a space. The Bible said that he gave Jezebel a space to repent, and she wouldn't do it. I'm glad he'll give you and I a space to repent, but he's waiting on us to get started at doing what we know is right to do. God's waiting on us. You, you read in Mark chapter number three, beginning at verse one, it says he entered again into the synagogue and there was a man there which had a withered hand and they watched him. They being Pharisees, they watched him, him being Christ, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand. Now this is Jesus knowing that he's in a house full of people that are looking for a reason to kill him. And he said, they're watching to see if I'm going to heal this poor guy that coming here with a withered hand. He's most likely had a stroke. And his hands curled up. His muscles are atrophied. His nerves are dead. And he's in a bad shape. He most likely, whatever hand it is, has probably eliminated him from being able to work and provide for himself. It's most likely made them to think that he is a sinner or has done some great sin and has hindered him greatly, probably in being able to worship God like he wants to and offer sacrifices he would. It's just been a reproach on his life. He's coming to the house of God for help and the one that can help him is there, Jesus. And Jesus knows what's in their heart. He knows they're waiting on me to heal this man and they don't think I'm supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. They're looking for a reason to accuse me, but I'm glad it don't stop him. But no doubt the devil's here tonight plotting something against me, plotting some way to destroy me, plotting some way he can... He can do the church damage, uh, but I'm glad tonight that the Lord's here. He knows everything the devil's plotting to do, and it don't bother him one bit. Amen. Yeah. It don't bother him one bit. Yes. And he saith, Jesus saith unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. They already looking at you. Just stand up and step out. He saith unto them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, 
to save life or to kill, but they held their peace. When he looked round about on them, listen to this now, he looked round about on them with anger. You imagine Jesus being in the house and him looking at you with a mean look. I wouldn't want the Lord to look at me with a mean look, Brother Bob. <laughs> I think I'd slump down in my pew and say, oh, he ain't looking like he's happy with me. But do you know that when we're not doing the will of God or when we're trying to think about this, hinder the will of God from being done, the Bible said that the Lord is angry with the wicked every day. The Lord is angry with the wicked every day. He looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. He saith unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. That's a miracle. Dead nerves came alive. Dead muscles worked again. There's a man at the church that, that I just came from. He had a stroke. And uh, his right side is all messed up. He's their drummer. He's playing the, playing the drums just with his left foot and his left hand waiting on that right side to, to wake up. We prayed for him every day I was there. He told me, he said, I, I just made up my mind. He said, my hand's numb. I can, I can move it, but it's numb. I can't feel nothing. He said, I can raise my arm up, but this is numb. My elbow's numb. My shoulder's numb. I just can't get it to wake up. He said, it's hard to try to play with an arm that you can't, feel there. There's no feeling in it, but the last two nights I was there, he's playing with both hands. And I told him, I said, I know what you're doing. You you, you believe in God to wake that, that dead hand up. He said, that's exactly right. I said, well, you're about halfway there. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. And he's telling that hand, I'm going to worship God and you're going to wake up. That hand woke up and became like the other one. The Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Then if you were to read on in Mark chapter four, I'm not gonna do that for the sake of time. Jesus began, he went to the Sea of Galilee. Now I've been to Israel, Sister Megan, Riley just got back and they probably stood right where I stood, but I went there to Gal the Sea of Galilee and I saw the ruins of the synagogue that Jairus was the ruler of. And Jairus' house, the ruins of his house, the foundations of it, is literally right next door to that synagogue, like a parsonage would have been. I mean, right next door and a rock's throw from the synagogue and Jairus' house, if you turn around that way, I mean a rock's throw, a short rock's throw was Peter's house. Yeah. 
where they ripped the roof off and lowered the paralytic down at the feet of Jesus. That was it. That happened at Peter's house. I mean, it was synagogue, Jairus's house, Peter's house, and the Sea of Galilee's right there. You throw a rock in the water from, from right there. And uh, I, I just got that picture in my mind's eye that this is the synagogue. He was, he was in Galilee there. Jairus was there. He was right there and in that synagogue that I was standing in is where that man was with a withered hand. He was there that, that day needing a miracle. He, he had asked God numerous times, I need you to help me. And Jesus was there on that day to help him. And Jairus was one of many that was there to accuse Jesus. Here's the catch. His daughter is at home sick. Needing to get well. Wanting to get well. Begging to get well. Daddy, please pray for me. I feel so bad. Daddy, please ask God to help me. I am so sick. I've been sick so long and I can't get any better. Daddy, please. You, you, you pray to God all the time, every day. Please ask him to help me. Jesus is in Jairus' own house, his synagogue. And instead of asking for help from the miracle worker, he looks at him in condemnation. The Bible said that Jesus looked back at him with an angry look on his face, grieved at the hardness of his heart. I know what the Lord's thinking. I can't believe you. Not only is, does this man come to your house wanting help and you won't give it to him, you got a little girl at home that needs help and you ain't doing nothing to help her. Jesus just said, hey, guy, stand up, stretch your hand forth. He did. He healed it. The Bible said that they sought how they might destroy him in all of chapter four. He went to that seashore, which was a very short walk away. The Bible said he stood there and taught him. Parable after parable after parable. He wouldn't preach in that house. He took them all out to that coastline and taught them there. And then in chapter five, they got in a boat. They're at the end of chapter four, they got in the ship to go across the sea to the other side to the Gadarenes. And the Bible said that they were met with a, a storm and Jesus stilled and calmed the storm. When they made it to the other side, you know the rest of the story in chapter five, here comes the demoniac and Jesus casts the devils out of him. He gets back in the ship and comes right back to the same coast that he had left. And when he came back, that large multitude that he spent all the chapter four teaching is there. And they got all kind of people with every kind of 
ailment, sickness, disease, you name it. Want to touch it. Want to be touched by it. Because of what he done in chapter three for the man with the withered hand. And the difference is, is now in this crowd in chapter five, you got Jairus there again. But instead of being in the synagogue surrounded by all of his Pharisees and all of the Sanhedrin and looking to hate on Jesus, and looking for a way to destroy him, now his daughter's about dead. And when Jesus makes it back to the shoreline, and all the people that are sick and hurting and needing to touch him are there, Jairus runs and falls at his feet and begins to worship him. You see, there's a difference now. I look at those boys in our text and the father said to them, hey, I need you to work for me in the vineyard. And that first boy said, I'm not. I'm not doing it. And you can believe he got an angry look from his father and he grieved his father's heart. Something about that angry look and that grieved heart wrought repentance in him. And he said, you know what? I need to change my ways. I need to change my heart. I need to change my life. I need to change my attitude. And he went out and he did what his father wanted him to do. He had another son that he asked to do the same thing and that son said, oh yeah, I love you. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. But he just never got off the couch. He wouldn't put the remote down. <laughs> he just wouldn't do it. And as far as we know, he never did. Maybe he needed an angry look. Maybe he needed to know that the father was grieved that he never got up. And maybe it would have wrought repentance in him. But I, I view J. Iris as that man. He's supposed to be a child of God. And he's not doing what God wants him to do. And the Bible said this is the work that God has called us to, to believe on the Son of God. That's the work of God. The first works of God in your heart is to make you to believe on Christ, to love him, to desire to please him and do his will. And so we see Jairus now at his feet worshiping him. And he said, Lord, my daughter, my only daughter's at home, sick, under death. I need you to come home with me. I want you to lay hands on her and I want you to heal her like you did that man in the synagogue, the man with the withered hand. And the Lord, you know what he said? Let's go. I'll go to your house with you. It says, and when Jesus was passed over again, Mark 5 and 21, by the ship under the other side, much people gathered unto him and he was nigh unto the sea. Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. 
When he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. Much people followed him and thronged him. Again, I've seen the ruins of that house, Jairus' house, right next to the synagogue, right next door to Peter's house. And Jairus isn't named in Mark chapter three, but he's there. The Bible said that they all looked upon him, the Pharisees did, to find reason to accuse him. Jairus was one of them, but he wasn't named. But now in Mark chapter five, you have to know that Jairus is in that crowd in the synagogue when the man with the withered hand was healed. And now it's his daughter that's sick and he needs the Lord. He needs to ask for help, for a miracle. In chapter three, he should have asked that day. She was sick then. He needed the Lord's help then. But he would have had to have made a public declaration, he would have had to have called him Lord. The Bible said no man can call Christ Lord but by the Holy Ghost. There has to come revelation that Jesus is Lord. And when Jairus asked for help, he said, Lord, Lord, what he's saying, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One. I now put my faith in you and I now believe in you. Lord, he would have had to have done that. And you know what? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't believe. He wouldn't call him Lord. And he wouldn't ask for his help. But now in chapter five, he should have asked in chapter three, he didn't. But now in chapter five, he's gonna risk being put out of the Sanhedrin, kicked out of his own synagogue. Ask him, Jairus, ask him. I can hear his wife before he leaves the house. He said, honey, you know I'll have to resign the church, don't you, if I call Jesus Lord. Go, Jairus, ask him. Who cares? Just ask him. What's a church? if God ain't in it. What's a ministry if God's hand ain't on your life? I mean, what's the point to all of it anyway? If, you, if you're losing the, what's most precious to you, what good is what you've got anyway? Go, Jairus. Seek him out. If you can find him, Ask him to come home with you. Tell everybody we believe in him. I believe in him. Yeah. Our daughter believes in him. And let the whole world know that you believe in him. Just go and just ask him. Ask him now. You know what she was saying today? You should have asked him in chapter three. And maybe our baby wouldn't be dying right now. But today's a good place to start, Jairus. Yeah. You didn't ask him in chapter three, but you can ask him now. Yeah. You weren't doing his will two chapters ago, but you can 
You can start out chapter five doing the will of God. Our daughter's dying two chapters ago. We can write a new chapter today and that chapter can read she's healed. Hallelujah. It's a good place to start. What do you mean? Now, we could have been living for God all the while. But we didn't for some reason. That one son, he could have immediately went to do his father's will, but for some reason he didn't. But there come a day he woke up to the fact, my father's angry. My father's grieved. I know better. I need to do better. And he got up and he went to the vineyard. And he started working. I want to tell you all's well that ends well. You you may not have started right, but you can end right. You may not have started when you needed to have started. But today's a good day to start. This is a good place to start. In 2023, we can write new chapters. God could look on America. He's writing my story. He's writing your story. And maybe revival, according to God's perfect will, should have been two or three chapters ago. But for whatever reason, we weren't ready. For whatever reason, we weren't sensitive enough. For whatever reason, we wouldn't pray through. For whatever reason, we just wouldn't hear his voice uh, or we wouldn't obey his voice uh, and we didn't go. I want to tell you the Lord hasn't came yet. Yeah, right. I want to tell you children are still alive. Yeah. I want to tell you our nation's not the completely dead yet. If God would send revival to a communist nation with an evil ruler like Emperor Xi, why would you think that he wouldn't send revival to America even if Biden is in control? Why wouldn't he? I can tell you he will. If the church there can have revival, the church here can have revival. And there ain't nothing the devil can do to stop it. Do you know that there was a, a whole group, a large group amassed in that house in chapter 3 ready, I mean just waiting for Jesus to do something that they could accuse him of that they might destroy him and the Lord said if you think for one minute that I'm intimidated by your presence here that I, that you think that I'm so scared that I won't do my father's will because you're going to bring some kind of accusation or I'm going to face some kind of repercussions I'll just show you what I think son stand up stand up stretch your hand out let's get this let's, let's get the show on the road let me show the devil and the whole world I'm here to do the will of God. And that's his will for my life. Get the show on the road. Let's do what's right in spite of what who's going to think, in spite of what who's going to uh, whatever they're going to say or whatever they're going to do. I know what's right. The Father's will is for me to be in the vineyard to be working. Yeah. 
Here comes Jairus in chapter five. That daughter nearly dead because he waited so long. In his heart, he's saying, I should have asked him two chapters ago. When he kneels at the Lord's feet, he said, I should have asked you two chapters ago, but I'm here now. I'm here now. She's weak. She's at the point of death, but she's still alive. And there's still hope and there's still time. And would you go home with me? And would you do for me what you did for the man with a withered hand? Some gonna say it's too late, Brother Eddie. I would have served God years ago. I wouldn't be in the shape that I'm in now. But today's a good place to start believing. Amen. Now's as good a time as any to start asking God for his help. We should have been praying all along. But today's a good place to start praying. We should have been faithful all the while. But right now is a good time to start being faithful Hallelujah. at doing what God's called us to do. Amen. The church has needed revival for years. But right now is a great time for the church collectively to ask God, send us revival. Revive us again. Stir us up to get in that vineyard put our hands to the vine and go to work. Amen. If you're able, stand with me tonight. You're in the right place. And I want to tell you this is the right time. There ain't no better time than now. You won't never go backwards into the past and be able to buy back time that's lost. God could have said to Jairus, nope, you had your chance in chapter three. And you sat there and looked at me with eyes of condemnation. You judged me and hated me for healing a man. It's chapter five, now you missed your chance. Your days passed. But I'm thankful that he's as long suffering now as he was then. Yeah. He could say to the church in America, no, I, I've been dealing with you for decades now to get up and have revival, but your day of visitation's gone. I'm dealing with third world nations now. I'm just gonna give America right over to the devil. The Bible said that God's not willing that any man should perish. I don't read where he even, where he even would give that demon-possessed man in Gadara over to the devil. And he had enough devils in him to choke out 2,000 head of swine. And the Lord wasn't even willing to give him up to the devil. I don't care how lost your children is. God said, if you just start praying now, I'm a savior. It don't matter how sick they've been. 
God said, if you'd ask and believe for it now, I'm still a healer. Jairus' daughter's at the point of death. She'd been gave up by doctors. She's sent home now to die at the point of death. As a matter of fact, while they were on the way home, somebody came to Jairus and said, you don't need to bother Jesus anymore. Your baby's dead. Too late. He waited too late. And I can feel I can feel all the hope drain out of that man's chest. Jesus said, Fear not, Jairus, only believe in your daughter Lehoe. You know what he did? He honored. He honored Jairus' faith. That I know. I know by man's standard, you're two chapters late. And your daughter's dead because of it. But I told you today was a good place to start. I'm going to honor your faith and I'm going to go home with you and she's going to be all right. You know what that is? You know what chapter five is? It's more than healing. Chapter five is revival. She was dead, but she's alive again. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that's, I, I view that, that's where the church is. Oh, we're in a place now that's going to take revival. Because I, I want to tell you, for the most part, people's, people's faith in the Word of God, you, you look far and in between for a man to even preach the Word of God. It be the truth and be anointed. I want to tell you, this thing's got to be revived now. Amen. Somebody said, all oh, the days of revival's over with. I don't believe that for one minute. If I did, I'd quit preaching. I'd find me a juniper tree and crawl under it and ask God to get me out of here. I don't want to be here no more. No, no. The Lord ain't through with this church yet. There's going to be a revival. She's sick in chapter 3. She dies halfway into chapter 5. That ain't the end of the story, J. Iris. This is a chapter of revival. But it all started. But you got to seek him. You got to ask him. You got to believe him. Got to put your shoes on and go. Got to put your feet to walking. Got to fall at his feet and worship him. Got to bring him home with you. Hallelujah. Leave the results up to him. Somebody said, oh, don't worry about it. It's too late Already dead, Jesus said, we're on the way, son. Let's go. Let's go all the way. Let's go all the way. I'm a God of revival. Amen. He said unto that young girl, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that God could say to the church, Talitha Kumai. I say unto thee, arise. How many of you believe he could say to your son or your daughter, I say unto thee, arise. This could be a year of revival in your family. Oh my God, this could be a year of revival in the church. Amen. It's a good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
I, the Lord, am a quickening spirit. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I have come to bring life. I have come to bring peace. I have come to bring joy. I have come to bring victory. I have come to give unto you every good and every perfect gift. But you have to hear my voice. You have to hearken unto my word. You have to believe upon me and you have to seek for me and you have to ask and you have to knock, saith the Lord. Only then will my promise be your reality. This is the day of salvation, saith God. I've given you no promise of tomorrow. But right here and right now, in this very moment, this is the place that I desire for you to start. For you to call my name. For you to reach for me by faith. And for you to begin to walk with me. For you to begin to do my will in your heart. And then will my promise come alive in your soul, saith God. Hallelujah. 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 Or think the long suffering of our God, the goodness of our God. Hallelujah goodness of our God. Tonight's a good place to start. 2022 may have been horrific. Preceding that was 2021 or 2020. Maybe you could walk me back several chapters in your life and the devil can paint the blackest, darkest, bleakest picture but God says oh we're, we're in a new chapter now. This is a good place to start. Writing a new story. Hallelujah. Oh, what a beautiful story Jairus is. It's a story of redemption and hope and long-suffering and grace and revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He and his wife and daughter may not ever went back to that synagogue again, but I can tell you it wasn't the end of their story. It was the beginning. Hallelujah. A journey walking with Jesus. Living for God. Working in his vineyard. Thank you, Lord. I want that to be how my story ends. Hallelujah. I want it to be how my story ends. I told the Lord, Lord, we, we should have had revival years ago. I don't blame nobody but myself that revival's tearing, Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready to, to go into that vineyard and work. I'm ready for you to write a new chapter. I'm ready to see it with my own eyes and hold it in my bosom and say that it's mine. Hallelujah. To claim it as my own 
Amen. If that's your prayer, would you meet me in this altar tonight?